Thank you, Father, for today, God. Thank you for the on-time word, Father God. Thank you for your voice, Father. Thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation, God. Thank you, Father God, that we'll know your voice and we'll be able to filter your voice, God, and the voice of many voices, the voice of many waters will be your voice only as an orchestration of truth, Father, in these last days. Thank you, Father. This message today is basically, I was going to focus it on worrying, and it was going to be called, uh, What About Tomorrow? But as I got into the message and God started downloading this, this, and that, I basically changed the name because it just popped what is called the God of Patience. The God of Patience. And just that title alone says it's like He's called the God of Patience. And He's our God, so we, may, we, we must be patient. But I'm going to be starting in Matthew, of course, with Jesus. Matthew 6. And I was basically just going to expound on that whole chapter, this whole message. Actually, I was just going to share a little bit, but he, when I got into it, he just kept giving me more and more. And it's pretty interesting because we have a storm coming, and everybody's waiting, worried about Wednesday. And today, it's a beautiful day outside, isn't it? It's funny how God puts things together. And there's people also waiting on a storm coming that media has been prophesying for the last years and years and years and years to happen, right? The recession or this or that. We know things are going to get bad, but it's like people are being afraid right now for something that's not even happening right now. And that's not, that's not the bread for us, the children of truth. Matthew 6, Take heed that you do not your alms before men and be seen. Otherwise, there's no reward. I'm, gonna break, I'm just going to read the whole thing because that's what I was going to elaborate on. Because it's funny that Jesus gets in and he goes into the Lord's Prayer and then he goes straight into that. But I'm going to kind of skip through most of this fast because now that he's t- taking me w- with the other scriptures, I want to get into, into the main focus of the point. And then he goes on and says, Do your alms in secret, that he'll reward you openly. Everything we do in secret, God will reward us openly. That's great. And when you pray... Don't be as the hypocrites that love standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets and to be seen of men. So don't, don't, don't do things even giving to be seen of men. I mean, we, we, we have to be seen because we're passing something around right now and you put it in, but it's all about the tension of the heart. It's not about doing everything in secret. It's about you wanting to be seen what you're doing so everybody sees what you're doing. And said, God says, when, when you want that, He's not going to give you what you want. You're going to get that, but it's going to be su- such a nothing, and then God will not reward you openly. But into, and then more about the praying, it's like some religious people would say, oh, take someone in a room and pray with them. But it's more like about the guy that every time the football game started, he had to run in the middle of the field and get on his knees so the whole world sees how religious he is. And all the religious people love that. Oh, look, he's standing up for Christ, and he's not afraid of his... But it's like... There's something in it. It's called religion. And then you see other religions going out there in public and putting a, a, a something on the floor and that everybody sees how religious and holy they are. But inside, they're just it's just tr- rituals and traditions. So God's always... So the whole gospel, the whole kingdom is all about the heart. So when we get into these things that are about our heart, about trusting Him 
and everything. Because he's saying if you really want my attention and not other people's attention, get with me when no one's around and when it's just me and you and then speak to me and I'll take care of you. I'll talk to you. I'll... Now there's times we have to pray on the street because if we're witnessing on the street and doing things on the street and, and you're meeting someone and they need prayer, the last thing you want to do is, hey, come 6 o'clock to this place and we're going to pray for you. Most likely they'll never show up. We need to pray on the spot. So everything has to be done in the spirit. So religious people like to take things and try to... But God's always talking about the heart. But then to go down here, He says, How do we pray, Lord? Your, and He says, Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our spiritual food. Give us this day even our food to eat naturally because He's a natural. He takes care of our natural needs and He takes care of our spiritual needs. Lead us not to temptation. And we're going to get into that because keep, keep that in mind about in temptation. Because he said, lead us not into temptation. But sometimes God leads us into temptation because what? He's, he's working something out in us and through us. But deliver us from evil. Because how do you say God will never lead us into temptation? Well, he led his son. Even Jesus preaching or showing them how to pray. The Holy Spirit led him to be tempted in the wilderness before his ministry started. So don't say God never leads us into temptation. God never tempts us. It says the Lord does not tempt us. Don't say you're, when you're tempted, you're tempted by God because God tempts no one, but He can lead you into temptation. In other words, lead you even to, the, to face the devil to see what you got in you because He can always pull you and help you and fix your problems whenever He wants. It's not like God's leading you to go to hell and the devil to take control of you. He say, face the devil. Now, hey, this had you bound before. You couldn't handle this. Oh, this, this is this. So let's see. Let's see how my son is going to be doing in this situation now. Hey, Satan, I'll take a little covering off this side and come in and, and, and hit him with that old stuff or hit him with this or make him think this or um, give him some temptation of all this money, a great job when you're all these things that are easy, but you know what God has said in your heart and he's testing you. So te he tests us, but he does not tempt us. But he uses the tempter to test us in situations. See, the devil is not has power over God. God uses the enemy to create faith, patience, and love inside of us, and power. So that's that. So he's saying, pray that, but don't always expect that. Whatever you pray, because God's not just going to answer your prayers if you're not walking in righteousness and faith and truth. So, and then forgive us our trespasses. Now that we want always, for your heavenly Father also will forgive you. And, and, and if we do not forgive, your Father will not. So the key there is you forgiving and praying always to God, and He'll always forgive you. And it goes on about fasting and all this, but I thought it was a key point about that, 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 temptation because later on then Jesus in the same chapter he goes on and he talks and then he goes right after that about fasting and he says when you fast do not also do that so it's the one thing about letting people know things but doing them to be seen you know like the Pharisees like on that it's like they would walk and they would put stuff on they would look oh, brother been three days and he's like oh what's wrong oh we're fasting for the lord because we're so 
He's like, he hates that. Hey, 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 bro, hey, try, um, hey, nobody invite me out to eat this week. I'm going to be fasting. I just, just, to, that's, it's not nor- normal. It's, a, it's about the heart again. It's not about the actual thing that the religious people always want to. But then he says in verse 19, lay not up your treasures upon earth. I mean, he goes right into this after fasting. And where moth and rust does corrupt, and the thieves break in and steal, but lay up your treasure, treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust does corrupt, nor thieves break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I'll tell you what, I want my heart in heaven. I want my heart with Jesus. I want my heart on on. On heavenly things, I want my heart to be beating with heaven and beating with God. So that's where I want my treasure to be, because my treasure has to be Him. He is the great treasure. The kingdom of God is like a treasure hidden in the field. The kingdom of God is like someone that lost their thing in the house, and they swept the whole house, and they tore it apart till they find it. That's what, where I want my treasure to be, not here on the earth, or not in people, or anything else. And then he says this, that your light be single and your whole body be full of light. But if your eye be evil, your body how be, shall be full of darkness. Therefore, if your light be darkness, how great is the darkness. No man can serve, and it says two lines, but it says no man can serve themselves and God. No man can serve Babylon and God. No man can serve Jezebel and God. Two masters, it just, he's using one here about mammon, but it's anything. You can't serve yourself you can't serve the devil and god at the same i mean you might be religious and do some things for god but serving someone means you're waiting you're waiting on the lord you're in beck and call you're hit servant you're not going to be taking orders from the devil you're not going to be being led by the devil you're waiting on the lord and we all know about waiting it's not means you're not working or doing anything or sleeping you're waiting that's why it says, oh, let's, let's anoint seven people to wait tables. It wasn't like they weren't having a restaurant outside the church in the book of Acts. They were taking care of the, the people, waiting on the Lord to do things that are in needs. And even when you pray, you can be waiting because you're waiting on the Lord. So if you're a waiter in a restaurant, you're going there, checking on the table. You're waiting. What do they need? Oh, uh, hey, can you get me some butter? You know, you didn't. All right, I dropped my fork. Oh. And you go get the fork, then you wait. You're doing. It's not like people say, oh, I'm waiting on the Lord, and they just sit and they try to do nothing. So waiting is not just doing nothing. Waiting is being attentive to the Lord's voice, His heart, and what He wants us to do. And when we're waiting, and then when He says something, we know to do something. But see, we want every minute to be doing something, but that brings anxiety. So it says, then He says this, because we know what... In the grocery store the other day, it's like there's no water, there's no gas. It's like, what's going on? We don't even know. Some people don't even know what's going to happen. And then, for me, this person, me being uh, just a normal guy, I just need some water and I got gas. I'm like, oh my God. For me, it's like the hurricane's already here. I can't even get water or gas. It's, you know what I'm saying? It's like, that's how we, when people start freaking out, then everyone around you starts, it's like, but inside of me, I'm like, what's going on? I had to have someone tell me, oh, there's supposed to be a storm. And then it, uh, a storm coming. And then like, oh, well, you know, don't you think if, something, if I had to do something, God would start stirring me to look at something, see something, or hear something? So nothing's going to happen to us. 
here, maybe somewhere else, there's some things that God's... Because when you're a son and a daughter of God, He's going to lead you. And He's not going to bring fear, and He's going to give you wisdom. Because He'll take care of the future before it comes, because He sees tomorrow. We don't. So He wants us to be anxious for nothing. So what's this? What's this all about? Our whole entire life. So watch this. He said, Since serve two mats, you will despise the one, or else you will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God. Amen. And I do not want to despise God. I want to hold to Him and, 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 and despise the enemy or whatever comes in my life. There cannot, we cannot be and see... What ends up being our masters, our own way, our own thought, our own ambitions, and our own dreams. But really, when it says, even in the book, uh, in, in James, it's like, they were like, don't even move to this place, or do this, or go here, or do nothing, unless the God puts, so everything in our life, when we become born again and a child of God, He He has everything planned for us. So, He says this next. Now, this is, you know, this is... Uh, the Gospels. Therefore, this is what I was going to base most of everything, not only this scripture, but the ones coming up. Take no thought for your life. What you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not your life more than meat and your body full more than raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap. But some of us are sowing, so we, we can count on reaping something. But they don't, and God still takes care of them because it's His creation. He made these things. Nor gather, uh, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. How much better are you than they? Which of you, taking thought, can add one cubic, cubic to your stature? And why you take thought care for or consider consider the lilies in the field how they grow and toil and neither they spin and yet I say unto you even Solomon all his glory is glory was not arrayed like one of these wherefore if God so clothed the grass in the field which is today and tomorrow cast into the oven shall he not much more clothe you you of little faith we're going to see how faith and all these key Words work together because you can't have one and the other. So when something's being revealed, then you're, it's saying what you're lacking in the other. So if we're lacking one, I'm going to get into that later because I'm going to focus on this now. Then you're actually being exposed of the other. Another, so if you have a lot of faith, then the other things will be less. You'll have very little. Well, in this sense, you'll have a lot of patience. You'll have a lot less anxiety. When you have a little faith, those other things happen. Therefore, take no thought saying, what will I eat? What will I... See, sometimes we don't say it because we know oh, we've written this. I can't say that because, but we're always thinking it. See, the battlefield is in our mind with the devil. It's like it, we take the thoughts and the thoughts become seeds. And when we let those seeds of thoughts be planted in our heart, they start to bring the harvest of what? Fear, worry, and anxiety. And that's what begins to come out we might not say it because we're, you know, we can't say that, but our actions reveal it. What we do, like the people running to the store and, get, and then freaking out and going to any store and wasting, 
waste a half tank, a whole half a tank of gas running all over, and then realizing you left the house with a full tank of gas, and you ran to 15 grocery getting all the water, and now, oh my God, I don't have any gas, and then realize now you went to, then you go to the gas station, oh my God, there's no gas, and then you're worried about the gas, and then they go home, and then it goes on and on and on, it never stops. It's like even if it happens, believe, have faith, God is going to take care of you. Because that's not faith, that's fear. And, and, and people do that in their own lives about everything. And it's like, they begin to do a few things, and then all of a sudden, in a day or two, they want everything to be done. That's not waiting. That's not waiting and expecting God. That's anxiety. Therefore, take no thought saying, what will I eat, what will I drink, what will I be clothed? For after all these things, the, gen the world, the Gentiles are supposed to be, but we're not supposed to be like that. For your heavenly Father knoweth, this is the key. Jesus is saying, as God on the earth with the Holy Spirit in Him, your heavenly Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So if you're anxious, it's like you're, you're thinking God doesn't know the problems that you're going to face tomorrow. Know what he's going to bless you more with when he sees you're not worried about tomorrow. He's going to make sure tomorrow you don't worry too. Because that's where he gets his glory. That's where he sees his, the maturity in his sons and daughters. That's when he glories, what? In our faith. It says this, that he's pleased when he sees our faith. He's displeased when he sees anxiety and all those things. So you're going to take these key points out of this whole message and basically going to in in inject them into us because some of us have, have uh, bigger venues to where we, but we still fall into these, these, these areas. And that's how the enemy, he tempts us with showing, the devil will tempt us with showing us. It's good to know what's forecasted for the future, then you can prepare. But wisdom prepares you, but not to worry. See, wisdom will prepare you. Worry will move you out of the spirit into carnality and into fear. Therefore, take no thought. No thought means don't think about it. Don't let it worry you. Look around and find today. Because that's what they'll always do. That's what they're going to do when they get everybody to take the mark of the beast. They're going to make you worried that you're not going to be able to do what everyone else can do, and then you better do it. You're not going to be able to eat. Better do it now. People went and took that other thing, that I won't say the name of it, but you must know what I'm talking about, because they're worried that they won't be able to travel or do this or do that. And later on, we find out everything's back to normal, and those that didn't do it are being blessed by the Lord, and they're actually, heaven's um, saying, hey, look at these ones. They didn't follow the crowd. They didn't just do something because... They were worried about what they cannot or cannot do in the future because God can turn anything over in a second. For after all these things that the world, the Gentiles think, the carnal people think, for your heavenly Father knoweth what you need, that, that you have need of all these things. And I want to say that it says that God knows when, when you pray, I'll get to that scripture later, of what you need before you even ask. So if, if this one right here, knoweth that, you have need of these things, but there's also the scripture that says that when I said that earlier. But seek first the, here's the key, but seek first the kingdom. What is the kingdom? 
joy, peace, and righteousness. See, a lot of people don't have joy and peace because they, they lack the righteousness. See, all these things go together. And when we have the one, the others follow along. And all these things shall be added unto you. So peace, joy, and righteousness, it says, is the kingdom of God. So when we start to worry, we, get, we start walking in our flesh or out of the kingdom. And then he ends it in verse 34. Therefore, no, take no thought for tomorrow. For tomorrow shall take thought. Tomorrow, deal with tomorrow. Go out. Look at a beautiful day. It might rain tonight, but right now it's beautiful. Um, you know, going to get try to go and grab some water, hopefully. They restock some shelves. and But you know what? I was already led last week before there was any storms coming that anyone knew about because God knew that I couldn't get any water now. He's already probably got, led me, and I'm like, I don't even need, really. I have enough. I was just going to get water because I get it every... You see what I'm saying? He'll already take care of what you're going to run in later if you're not worrying. That's how it works. But we start to freak out because we're worried about the future or we're worried about this or that. Take, therefore, no thought for tomorrow. And it says, take no thought for the for this things tomorrow has its own worries. In other words, its own problems or whatever. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So as we tie these all together, we'll see where fear plays in and faith plays. But we want the full counsel of God. And so let's go now to Philippians. See, that was Christ. And now let's see what Paul says and how we tie these things together. Philippians 4. Therefore, brethren, dearly belong my, for my joy, my crown, to stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved, I beseech thee. And it goes on, it says their names, and, and it says, be of the same mind. Oh, peace. Everybody should have peace. Sound mind. And I entreat thee also, and true fellow, and everyone say, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but you, you, you don't have this problem. Or, yeah, but look, you got a lot of money in the bank. Or, look at you, you got, yeah, but... Nobody was there when they started. Nobody started to walk with God in a certain way. Even if they had money, they might have the other problems with just fear, with just things, with those types of worries and things about what the world brings. It's like nobody starts at peace. He is our peace. The more of Him we eat, the more we have. The more of Him we drink, the more we have. If everybody was there all of a sudden, then there wouldn't be any working out your salvation with fear and tremor. There would not be walking out. There would not be, be all these things that He's doing in us by the power of the Holy Spirit working in us for His good pleasure. Because that is amazing that He's changing us to endow us with the kingdom. Remember message in Brazil last week? The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed that when it's planted, it's planted in our hearts. And now 
we had a corrupt heart, an evil heart, a worldly heart, a carnal mind, a corrupt mind, and then it starts to take over. But the problem is we keep watering the old heart, the old mind, the old ways, and the worldly, and then listening to the world and lies of the devil, and then it's like choking out the seed. So God wants us to water it by relationship with Him, water it by, by meditating on the Word, prophesying those things that aren't as though they are as what the Word says they are, and then they shall be. And believing on faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God means what God said. I don't care what it looks like. I'm going to believe His Word. And not on my time, because that's the miracle, is some water, some soap, but God gives the increase. We don't do any increase. The flesh can't increase me. God and somebody else might help the increase, but it's not the man, it's the gift. It's the, the supernatural power of God. So it's God brings the increase, so it's something that's done in darkness. He created everything by His voice. His, he said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word is God, and there was. And how much longer till some things began to manifest? Because we don't know about time. Seed, time, harvest. How much time does it take? It's up to God. But we can speed up the time by being righteous and being in the right ground and doing the elements of what? Watering. And then God brings the increase. If you're in dry land, the seed's going to take a lot longer to grow. If, you're, if, if you don't let it go in deep, the birds of the air might come and steal it. This is the whole kingdom revolves around this parable. Once we understand this parable, we can understand how God's working in us. And the seeds that He puts in us are going to manifest in time. That is the kingdom of God. Unless we get stopped by the things that we can stop it by our own selves. By not allowing the Lord to water it and to be in the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit. And that's what it even says. It lacked moisture as Marlene got that word about. Even in the rock, in the cracks of the rock, something could grow because there's darkness. It doesn't even need it. And there's moisture. And it still will germinate and so that's the presence of God, the dew of heaven, the, the, the things about being around Him in prayer. And, 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 and you ever know that when it's dry, you're like, ah, but you're in the flesh. But then when all of a sudden He breaks in and it's like the atmosphere of heaven starts to, to get in when you worship Him and when you decree and declare. And then even those thoughts of worry just go away. But then when you go home and you li- read the newspaper or listen to this person or, or look at your bank account or look at this, then all of a sudden that patience, that clarity that faith that you had in his presence starts to deteriorate get back in that place stay in that place it's not about being in a place it's about being in that place inside of you inside of your heart everyone says i gotta get to to hot because i'm no you should already come in with a peace so those that don't really know him can come in and see your peace we should have the peace when people don't know him come and say hey wow i want this peace that they have but the devil's out here tossing us to and fro by everything that he whispers in our ears or brings us the thought or we're worried about this or that. And then we begin to be anxious or what he would say, caring of all these things. So 
He says in verse 3, I entreat you that, you know, that those women labored in the gospel, their names written. It's not about this. I'm going to go down fast. Let your moderation be known. The Lord is at hand. Here it is, verse 6. <clears throat> be, anxious, be careful or be anxious for nothing. For nothing. Couldn't be for the building to be ready when I wanted to. This or that or this happened or this or... Or, or my business, or, or this thing, or my family to get saved, and this part. It's like, we be anxious for nothing, but what? But in everything, by relationship, prayer to God, and supplication, with thanksgiving. Thank Him before you even see it. Thank Him for the job. Thank Him for the finances. Thank Him for the open doors. Thank Him for the victory, because that's what He sees your faith. Don't murmur and complain in the wilderness like they did, and they didn't even get into the promised land. They should have already been thanking God because he, God already said He gave it to them, but he, he couldn't get the anxiety out of them. So watch this. So, and it says, and, and, and your moderation, be and then with thanksgiving, let your request be known unto God, and the and the peace of God, see, he's not saying the peace comes when you got what you're anxious for. No, he said the peace comes automatically. It's not about whatever you're anxious for. See, he says, let your request, because when we're, we, we should stop asking God, because it said before, he knows what we need before us. Just keep thanking him already. Don't need to ask him. Just thank him. And which passes all understanding. Understand this, but I got such peace. I mean, I had all these problems yesterday. Today I even have less than I had yesterday, but I just feel fine about everything. Because now I just, it's God. God's got me. Or God's, God's with me. Or God's going to take care of me. God, God wouldn't take me this far to, to, to make me a, a demonstration of, of being a fool to people when I'm when I, when I want him with all my heart, so it says passes all understanding. So like you're not going to understand this type of peace because I should be flipping out. I should be driving all the way to the East Coast to get some ten a whole truckload of gas and water where the hurricane's not going, or go far in the middle where you know it's not supposed to hit and get myself stocked up. But I just got this peace. That, and I got the peace too with that whole thing. I don't. I think we're going to be fine. Anyway, with that natural thing, but I want everyone to be fine in the spiritual things, and the things that are your personal storms. Find them, brother. Whatever. And then he says this, with the peace. And then, whatsoever things, finally, brother. Whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are honest. What the, whatever's true, His Word is true. Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report. If there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on that. So a lot of you, your problems in this room are what you're thinking on all the time. Putting witchcraft on yourself. Because you're not thinking on Him, and... You're still trying to be your own God because you're worried and your worry is about something that hasn't even happened. And that is what 
what God begins to say, store your treasures in heaven. Think on things that are lovely, good, and a, a good report. Because even if things you lose something, to lose in this world is to gain. Jesus said you must lose this life to gain eternal. Losing is great because there's more to gain in kingdom. People don't understand. Oh, I lost my job. Well, maybe God has a better one. Oh, man, I lost, uh, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, losing, um, you know, loved ones and stuff because we all, that's like, that, those aren't good things and we're not talking. We're talking about necessities, things that we, we put our trust and faith in. Losing, you know, oh, I lost money in the stock market. Well, that'll teach you not to go in there no more because God just protected you because you were going to, you could have had a little gain and done law and lost everything. So sometimes losing is the gain because God is teaching us how to walk in faith and trust in Him. Losing is not always bad. And even if they want to take losing from kids away, if you never learn to lose, then you, you'll never be able to ever handle what is coming. God's trying to get us prepared for what to handle so whatever we lose, it's not a loss. It's gain anyway. It's all gain. Unless, and anything we try to hold on to, He's going to take it anyway. And that's what He wants. Because he, he wants everything so He doesn't have to take anything. And then He can actually give you more. Remember the parable, be faithful in the little. And the God of increase, the God of more, will give you more when you need it. And more that you will know that you can steward it. It's easy to steward things when things are all going your way. But when the enemy comes with fear, what are you going to do when the lies start pouring and when the doubt and unbelief comes in? That's what God's looking at. What are you doing when tribulation is here? It's easy to do when you, you got a lot of money in the bank to make these big decisions, but then now what are you going to do? Now what are you going to do? And rejoice in the Lord greatly that now the last of your care of has flourished again where you were also careful or anxious, but you lacked opportunity. Now that I speak in the respect, I speak in the respect of want, for I've learned, this is Paul, I've learned to whatsoever state I'm in to be content. See, when you're content, you're patient. Content, you're not anxious. Oh man, this person, you should be so anxious. Look what's going to happen. Hey, you're in a flood zone. This is supposed to... Eh. Oh well, let's see what happens. Being content in all things, even with the things that you hear. And even when, if, this, that, and what, you're content. Know both how to be abased and, and to know to abound. In every... Everywhere in all things I'm instructed both to be full and, and to be hungry, both to be abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I can do all things in peace, joy, and righteousness because I'm strong when I'm there. Basically, that's what Christ is. Notwithstanding, you have well done that you did communicate with my afflictions. And he goes on to talk about this and that. But he says, 
Um, once again, you unto my necessities, he's talking about, but I desire the fruit that may be abound to your account. And he's talking about this and that and those that had gave that God's going to take care of them. And he says and talks about the odor of a sweet sacrifice, a well-pleasing and, and, and to God. But he's talking to that certain people. See, people want to take scripture. See, those that aren't being righteous want to pull this out and say, and God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and going to Christ Jesus. Well, he might, but he might not because you need to have your trust and faith in him, not in you. Because the more you have your trust in him, he might show you what you have your trust in. And supply according to his riches and glory. When your minds are on things above, his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He's seated on the right hand of the Father right now to be seated with Christ. We were crucified with Christ. There's no longer us that live with him. So if he's living in joy, peace, and righteousness, it has to be what's living in you. That's the whole thing. So he will supply all of my needs because I am in him. And God cannot deny himself. Christ cannot deny his body. You cannot, unless you separate yourself from that in unrighteousness. For all the saints salute you chiefly in this household. And, and it goes, then let's go right here. So, was that thus saying the Lord? No, Paul was saying to this church how when he faced these certain situations, how he had his trust in God, how he didn't freak out, how he's learning to do and to be confident in God and not in himself. And that's what God's doing in us. And when we don't have patience, God will make us go through things. How do we grow fruit? We face the things that we're unfruitful in. How do you stop being angry? You, you face lots of situations where you keep getting angry and you keep going to God and you keep going through the fire and you keep, and then all of a sudden you realize, wow, he, well, you don't realize he just does things. And you're like, have everyone home? And you say, man, usually I'd be, I would have flipped out right then, but I don't even really care. It's because he's working fruit in you through relationship, through being connected through him, through peace and joy. Because none of the old man is, is from the kingdom of heaven. The fruits come from him. So let's look at James 1 through 9. The servant of God and Lord Jesus Christ and the twelve tribes are scattered abroad. My brother, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. God is working patience. Because patience is working waiting. And waiting is what God wants us to do. It's to wait on Him. And He what says, when those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength and they shall mount up like eagles. And what? What do eagles do when they mount up? They soar. And they, what, what, what is their reliance on? Their strength? No, the wind. And what is the wind? It's the Spirit of God. See, so that's what we, we, that's why I say, and a lot of people run around saying they're eagles and spiritual, but if God sees them little dirty chickens stepping all over their poop and biting each other and pecking one another all the time in Leviathan thinking all these things. And 
And then the ones that are sore in the spirit are just like just trying to fly away from them because they don't want to be part of that because they know once they come to that level, they can easily be trapped into the chicken coop again. So we want to be eagles. We're called to be eagles. We're called to be spiritual. We're called to re rely on the Holy Spirit. But it doesn't happen overnight. People say, I'm going to run. I said a prayer. Now I'm going to be flying all the time. <laughs> well, basically... That's new age, and then they get a little flaky, and they're just flying, but they're like flying out of, out of their mind. <laughs> There's a difference between, have you seen them? No, oh, you know, it's like they seem so spiritual, but they're just, they're just out there. There's nothing spiritual about it. They're just losing their mind in a bad way, and they have no wisdom or anything. They're just checking out. You see what I'm saying? And that happens when people get a lot of spirit without the truth, without um, accountability, without... God, take care of my heart. Then they begin to do drugs and everything. They just, they just get all flaky. And that's not the spiritual we're talking about. We're talking about being spiritual where there's a storm around us, but we're flying in the Spirit. Right? So this is kind of all, and works patience. But let your patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If anyone lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives it to all men liberally. So that goes with the praying and supplication and asking him what you know. Abrade not, and he shall, and it shall be given him. But let him ask. A lot of people ask God because it's religious. Oh, God help us. No, ask in faith. Knowing that when you ask him, he's your good father, that he's going to take care of us. But the problem is with a lot of us, we even believe that. But an hour later, we're like, where is it? Where is it? Look at the bank account. Look in the mailbox. Where is it? Who's going to call me? Where is it? Where is it, God? And he's like, oh, you're not getting it for a while until you're not anxious and wait. See, it all works together. We ask God or we expect God or we step, I'm going to believe God. And then all of a sudden, an hour later, we're like, God, where are you? What happened? Where is it? It's almost like when we were doing things in the world and doing drugs. It's like, call the drug dealer and you're like, you're looking out the window 50 million times. <laughs> Anxious, right? Because you want, you all, some of you can relate to that. Anxiety is not in the kingdom. You got to wait on the Lord. And when He sees your, sometimes you just forget about it. And then all of a sudden it happens. Because that's how God, He doesn't like to move on our anger. And if we're anxious, we're not patient. And He, He is, that's one of the fruits of the Spirit. He wants us to be patient. If anyone lacked this, they got wisdom. If you praise not, you shall give it to him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. See the problem why the devil wants to get you unrighteous, because unrighteousness, or knowing that you're screwing up, you always ask him wavering because you're not, I'm not. God, I know you. Then, he, then that's where religiosity comes in. You know why? God, I know that I'm just, you know, a mess, and, but just, I know you love me. Help me, God. That's not faith. That's begging. And that's why the devil wants to get you in the mindset of being unrighteous, even though Jesus has made us righteous, and go boldly to the throne of grace, and knowing that you shall have what you ask, because it's not in perfection that He blesses us, because salvation is not by works that any man should boast. It's by grace. So the grace is being confident in what He did and not you did, but at the same time, is the more you continue to walk like He walks, the less the devil can get in to make you so unrighteous and so in a religious beggar mentality, that you ask, 
And then you begin to ask things for the kingdom and for those around you even more than yourself. It says, and not wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave in the sea driven by the wind and is tossed. So in other words, you, you start praying more when every storm you hit instead of just having a lifestyle prayer. So, when, and, and, and like, let them ask in faith. A lot of us say, I'm asking. And some of our faith is, the Word says this, but really not faith. You're trying to get faith even what the Word is written, but you don't really have faith because you're not, you know. You get better off going and praying for someone else because you just know God, and that's why more people get you get other people get more blessed by your prayers than you praying for yourself because you're you know that you're kind the devil's already talked you into not being worthy of anything from god because he just talks about a double-minded man is unstable and and receiving nothing from the lord double-minded means yeah i know god said i can have that but look what i did yesterday and i'm a screw up and then and then so that's why striving for seeking his kingdom and his righteousness, all those things are added unto you. You don't even have to pray for him anymore. And that's where God's getting us to where we pray, but now we're just praying because it's not because we're in lack. We're praying because we have so much. What are we going to do with this now? Where are we going to go now? Before it's like, God, I want to go to this nation. Help me pay for the ticket. And now it's like, God, what nation do you want me to go to? Everything starts to change. But it's still, you can still get anxiety. You can still, having more doesn't make you not being anxious anymore. Sometimes you get more anxiety because now there's more weight on your decisions. Now there's more people that are counting on you. Now there's more sheep that you need to be taken care of. Everything gets more. So that's why God is not going to give you more than you can handle. You see, everyone thinks, oh, if I just had all this, I'd be, no, you wouldn't because then God's going to expect you and, and, God's going to have more, um, your talents, he's going to have more on you that he's going to expect from you. Little given, little required. Much given, more required. More weight. More, it's, it's, people think, oh, gifts, give you. No, unless you just check out and run out with God, and then you become a prodigal kid that ends up in a pig, pig pen anyway, and the devil steals everything every, anyway. And then you come crawling back to, the, to your father's house, and then, you know, let's start all over, God. And that happens too. And, that, and that's what people do. They grow up in the church and they become big and they start singing. You know, we can name out 10 of them that were singing in the church and now they end up with a needle in their arm or in the bathtub dead. Why? Because they're prodigals. Because they thought all they needed was the money. They thought all they needed was the open door or the, or, or, the, said, the opportunity. No, we just want God's doors, God to exalt us, God to raise us up. And that comes... With trust and God instilling patience in us because now we're his children. Sometimes we might not feel like his children because we, might, we not, might not look like our brother today, but God's not looking at your natural man, he's looking at your spirit man. And that's what we need to keep our focus on. Because if we look at ourselves, we're going to see things. But if we look at him and let him show us, we can handle it. And he'll deal with it. And let him show us and let us hate what he hates and love what he loves. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Yeah, but if you're asking for something you know God doesn't want you to have, you can't have faith either. <laughs> God, I want that. Brent, he's like, you didn't take care of the last car that somebody gave you and now you want a brand new car. It's like you need to really 
understand the kingdom. Because we can ask for things all day, but if God's God, not, it doesn't matter either. But when you begin to get in a, a, a place of maturity, you begin to ask already what God's putting on your heart to talk to Him about. That's a whole other level. You're talking to God about something already laid on your heart to desire because you end up, your desires begin to be kingdom desires and your words begin to be heavenly words and your actions and, and, and ways begin to be His ways. So all of a sudden, you begin to be speaking of the kingdom, focused and everything is about the advancement of the kingdom and not advancement of your own kingdom or your need anymore. And all of a sudden, things just begin to change because the daily needs aren't even a, even a problem anymore. The needs of advancing the kingdom become the thing that you have to navigate in when he begins to bring raise you up. And that's what he does. Waver. And it says, Let no man think that he should nothing, anything. A oh, here it is right here. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. God is, is in, the, in the business of making us stable, unshakable, unmovable. Right? Rooted and grounded in love, in faith. Let the brother of Lodig rejoice that he is exalted. Romans 13, 3, Romans 15, I'm sorry, 3 through 5. And, and I started to go look up this page. I was like, man, I could have went all day. There is so much in the New Testament about patience. It's like this is the key to everything, patience. God's not has any problems. We lack patience. And the funny thing is that when we begin to be patient, we wait. And we're not worried. Because patience is the absence of worry. For even Christ please, Christ pleased not himself, but it is written, The reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. Oh, think about Paul now. But whatsoever things were written aforetime were written of our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now the God, this is so good. The, it's like the God of patience. Everybody says, he's the God of righteousness. I mean, he's the God of peace, but, but the God of patience. Because all the fruits come from Jesus. So he's the God of all those fruits, long suffering, goodness, kindness, mercy, you know, joy. But Paul's like, the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. Being patient even with one another. That's so good. The, now, the God of patience. I just, when I got to that scripture, I'm like, I got to change the whole name of the message because it's like, that's so good. The God of patience. Let my God be patient. Patience. Let patience be your guide. Romans 5, 1 through 5. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace. With God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have access by faith. See, we're justified by faith, then we have access by faith. And in the grace where we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. How many of you are glorying in tribulations today? But we glory in tribulation. That's a, that's a, um, 
going to take a lot of, a lot, right? A lot of kingdom, a lot of glory and tribulations, not being anxious and freaking out. Glory and tribulations. I'm not that, but I'm glad I'm having less tribulations than I had years ago. But glory in them, that takes a lot of glory. That takes a lot of God. That takes a lot of patience. That takes a lot of faith. That takes a lot of trust. That takes a lot of, right, spirit walking in the spirit, knowing that the tribulation works patience. So if you're very anxious, expect tribulation. So don't focus on the tribulation and getting out of that. Focus on God getting the patience in you, getting what He wants to done in you so you don't have to face those types of tribulations anymore in your life. It's God working in you His good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's His good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The kingdom is joy, peace, and righteousness. And you can't do that without submitting to Him, like Joe was saying, to the Spirit. This is so good if you get it, because it's, we all just want to focus, oh, and it's like, God's like, I'm not taking out a tribulation, I'm keeping the tri- tribulation until you start trusting me in the tribulation. And as soon as you trust me, then all of a sudden you realize, oh, you're not even in this situation again. You run from the tribulation, you run from the fire, you run from it, you're just going to face other things till you're like, you think you're running for air or to be, but it's like, God's like, no, the fire is where I want you to be. Knowing the tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, see, you experience like, Paul experienced a lot of things, and the good thing with Paul, Paul had, had you can only carry so much with you, and once you leave, I mean, even at the place he, he, he raised up, and they had to, he can only carry so much to help him in the next journey for so long, eventually, and there's places he wouldn't, he couldn't even buy anything. He had to depend on. He was going to town to town. People didn't know him. He had to really trust in God. He had to really get established again everywhere he went. Thank God now we have such more grace. We have phones. We have airplanes. We have uh, communications. It's like, but, and we're still facing tribulations. You shouldn't. Paul learned to deal with everything. He went to cities like, who are you? Yeah, that day, everyone began to know Paul in that city. But now when it's time to, hey, you know, I got to go now, guys. Been here three years. You're, you're, you know enough now. Take my letters. Take my preachings. Take the things you wrote. And, and take the Holy Spirit. That's what I'm really leaving you. And mature yourselves in these things. And then you get letters later. And, hey, oh, but this is happening. Well, and I was like, well, well, this is what I do. This is what. Not because this came to me all of a sudden. But now I know God. And he's brought me through. And I see that even when I thought I'd want to freak out, I had to just worship him in the jail, in the prison. And all of a sudden, what happened? The chains broke. The, the, he was let out because it was not God's, God's will for him to be arrested with was it Silas in the prison. So God, and then God got glory. And then he got to be right where he wanted him to be. For whatsoever things that are written before and after, learn, learning that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grant to you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ. Now let's read Romans 1, 2, 5, there, justified by faith. Sorry, I meant to start reading this one again. And by whom? But it's still good because it's, it's right. The Word 
God. And whom access by faith were given the grants of glory to God in all. Okay, glory in, but be glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation, it didn't say God even does it. It says the tribulations works the patience. And patience, experience, and experience hope. Why? Why do you get hope and experience? Because God always will bring you through. But if you don't have faith, in the middle of your tribulation, you start losing your faith. But later on, God will show you He brought you through. And then later, the next time a tribulation comes, it's called maturing in faith, hope, and love. Maturing in Christ. So the tribulation, the more tribulation, the more God is working in you His good pleasure. And hope maketh not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which is given unto us. Now let's read Hebrews 6, and I'm almost done. Hebrews 6, 10 through 15. For the, God is not unrighteous to forget our work and our labor of love, which you have showed toward His name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence and full assurance of the hope till the end. That you be not slothful, but fellow followers of them who, through faith and patience, inherit the promises. Through faith and patience, inherit. So there's another key. If you want to do things that are... Faith and patience, inherit the promise. We all believe in the promise, but it's like, God, you're not seeing it because he's looking for faith and patience. When God made the promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessings I will bless thee, and multiplies I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, everybody hates the endure. What are you enduring? Whatever's tribulation is going to make you enduring. Your wife nagging you for how many years as Abraham about the promise. You sure? You sure? I'm not saying your wife nagging you. I'm saying Abraham, she was trying to think of what we have written in the Bible, right? All Abraham did in Ishmael because people, oh, Abraham, where's the promise? With these, oh, his, oh, okay, I'll help you. Or, and then this person, hey, I thought you were going to have a son, Abraham, 10 years later. <laughs> ah, look at Abraham, still don't have, where's that promise, Abraham? The mocking, this, the that. Right? Abraham, and going to bed at night, honey, are you sure you heard God? Right? All these things that could happen. Right? But we have to know what He said to us. And then, whatever, that tribulation might be your family members. What are you doing in that church? What are you doing? What are you giving that for? What are you doing that? What are you doing that? That kind of tribulation, too. And we start believing, oh, yeah, yeah, you know what? Life would be easier. We realize it ain't easier out of the will of God. So basically, all things work together for good of them are called according to his purpose. But at the same time, Abraham's tribulation we saw. But he what? He was always blessed. Everywhere he went, God gave him the land. God gave him this. He said, whatever your hands touch will be blessed. And then all of a sudden... Whatever God was doing, because it was a seed of the Word of God. Abraham, you're going to have a son. He's going to be the father of many nations. 
And you're, I mean, you're going to be the father of many nations and blah, 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 and it's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, that word was a seed. And then what? God brought the harvest in his time. Isaac was a harvest of the word of God. It wasn't a harvest of a, it was a miracle too, because look how old they were. So there was a miracle involved, but look at no greater miracle than Jesus being born in a, in a virgin. But that miracle only happened through Abraham because he believed God and it was counted unto him righteousness. But the miracle was actually him hearing God clearly and believing God and not wavering when the tribulation and the circumstances and time kept going. Because Abraham learned to be patient through that. And after then, he wouldn't care how. Now, God said something. He would be, whatever, I know God's going to do it now. Because look, I waited 13 years. I don't even know. I'm not a theologian. I, I heard it was 13 years. Whatever it was. Whatever years it was, they had the promise. But don't ask Abraham after five years about how great his faith was or how... Uh, what he thought about the Word of God. He's, believe me, he started doubting himself. But then God let him endure all those things, so now he is considered a father of faith. Wow, you wouldn't have seen it. If you would have interviewed Abraham in the middle of, of all that and telling everybody what God said, God said this, God told me this, and I'm going to have this, and I'm going to have my... And then after five years, and see how much faith Abraham had. Well, I th- I'm, I'm just believing... You know, he's probably just like putting his head down now. First year, he's like telling everybody, I'm going to have a son. And he's going to be the father of any, and boom, 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 right? And then all of a sudden, years go by, and then what? God instilled patience into him through the word, through the word. And after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Hebrews 10, 35-37 Cast not away therefore your confidence which has great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God see a lot of us do the will of God and then I'll say, where is it God? And I'm telling you we do that, then we wait. Sometimes things aren't going to happen right away. We, we obey God, and then we wait. Abraham obeyed God, and he kept obeying God for 13 years. Because I'm sure he wanted to probably give up after a few months. But he obeyed God by what? Continuing on doing what would do, what? Planting seeds. You all know what I'm talking about. Right? And then what? The harvest came. That's good. Because he just didn't plant a couple seeds and say, now God, wait. He can continue to do what God told him to do. For you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while... Yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. Therefore, your cast not away your confidence. See, the devil's trying to take your confidence because you're 
You want harvest when you want it. You want to see the miracle when you want it. And God's like, I'm not concerned about it. I'm Miracle can be any time. I'm working something in you that's far more, it says in other scriptures, far more precious than gold and silver. The Bible says that patience is far more precious than gold and silver. Look it up. I bet you I'm right. Somewhere in James, I think. For yet a little while, and it will come, and it will not tarry. And what is the big promise? We're waiting on Jesus, right? He says, if I tarry this long, even if I die, right? We're still waiting on that. That's a promise, and we know it's going to happen. So then we begin, and we continue to the, getting patience on Him coming, and then we have peace, joy, and righteousness, because now we know He's coming, and we want to see Him, and if we don't, we die believing He's still coming. And that's our hope. And hope deferred, hope taken away, makes your heart sick. And that's the problem too. Because without hope, then you lack patience and all those things. All these things work together. But having hope in tomorrow, not worry tomorrow. I'm hoping tomorrow. going to wake up. Oh! Well, look at that. See, now it's not even going our direction. See all the people, they, man is always trying to figure out tomorrow, but only God knows tomorrow. Right? Watch how many lines change tomorrow on the storm of this world coming. Because <laughs> man always tries to figure out tomorrow, but only God knows tomorrow. Man always tries to worry about tomorrow, but only God knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Oh, so if we're in God, He's going to show you what to do tomorrow because He showed Abraham, He showed us, and He's going to show you the direction to go for tomorrow. But you just got to take care of today and obey Him today. Second, and it says this, If any man like wisdom, let it ask God, who gives it to all men liberty and bread, and He shall be given to him. Now in the trying of your faith works patience. I'm coming back to this and knowing this, the trying of your faith. What's the trying of your faith? The tribulation you're in. Because you need faith in this, of Jesus when you're saying that, when you see this, when you read this, when you hear this. Right? Now, because now it's, where's your trust? In horses and chariots or in the Lord? Some of us have our trust in our bank accounts. Some of us have our trust... In our employment. Some of us have our trust in the government. Some of us have our trust in the, the economy right now. Some of us have our trust in our stocks. Some of us have our trust in our insurance. Some of us have our trust in all those things. Well, if your trust is in those things, that's where your faith is. So when those things start shaking, your faith will. But if your trust is in Jesus, any of those things get shaken, you don't shake. See the difference? Because there's going to be some shaking coming. But the kingdom of God does not shake. 2 Peter 1, 5-7 Besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and kindness, brotherly kindness and love. Last scripture too, and I just want everybody to stand up because I want you to get it. And we're going to ask. Some of you are scared now to ask for patience because you know tribulation is going to come. But you know what? I'm glad that 
I'd rather face tribulation now than having God. I mean, I'm like, is there a, a shortcut sometimes? What is the shortcut? Humility. Humility, but yeah, but then trusting Him. And when you go through the tribulation, it doesn't have to last months, years. Some people the same tribulation for 10 years now, 6 years. You see the difference? Like their tribulation wasn't now, now it's just a lifestyle. And that's not the that's not the promise. The promise is to come out of this and not smelling and smelling like him. You know, and some of us face certain things in where God's taken us and the tribulations are different. But Rejoice in the tribulations because even though when you're having tribulation, then, you know, at least in that tribulation, you're in need for God. And, and, and if you died that moment in tribulation, you're with Him. Tribulation is sometimes good because your need for Him is there. Some people could have no tribulation in the sense of, of look at that rain. Isn't that beautiful? Now we can go out and put our jugs out there because they, 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 the heathens took all of our water. Now, now God will supply all of our needs. That's right. See, He always supplies what we need. We don't need... We got the whole system set up. Amen. Strengthen with all might according to his glorious power and to patience. And I'm like, I'm like, I could have went all day with these patience groups because it's like, wow, God is the God of patience. And when Jesus said, be anxious for nothing, we don't be anxious for nothing. Because when we're patient, we're not anxious. So when you see patience starting to be, then we'll know we're actually starting to, to walk in the Spirit. Because because when we're in the spirit, there's fruits. When we're in the flesh, there's fruits. What are the fruits that most people see is basically what your what your what kingdom you're beginning to walk in more and more. Patience and long suffering with joyfulness. Father, we just thank you. And Father, we ask for more patience because we need it. And Father God, let nothing Deliver us from evil. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. Father, let us walk in the Spirit and have the fruits of the Spirit and be, Father, do the things that we can count on you to know that you are a good God, that you have our backs, that we do not have to do something um, rational or, or, or very quick, that we, we, we can wait on you and we can be led by you and we can move in you and have our being in and, and, and the kingdom of God can grow in us to where people begin to actually uh, see because a lot of our faith is in our own kingdom. See, but when that starts to be shaken, then actually what's really being seen is your anxiety, is your shaking, is your lack of patience, your, the witchcraft that begins to be put on you and on other people around you. Because God... Is not worried about anything. And what can man do to you? And if God be for you, who can be against you? Let us just be for God and let God be for us and let us be in, in Him and, and have the peace that surpasses all understanding.
Wow, man. All understanding. Because if it was just something, He would just give us those things all the time and we would never work in the kingdom in us. Hey, if it was just my water bill that needed to pay, oh, then I'd just pay it every month and then He'd never work out the trust and the, 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 the miracle and the glory that He's trying to do in us. So what we have to do is surrender to Him. Not my will, but Your will be done. Jesus didn't, didn't, didn't hop, skip, and do backflips when it was time to go to the cross. He endured the temptation. What was the temptation? I could send 10,000 angels right now, but I'm going to be patient because I know I have hope for what this is going to happen. I'm going to go through this tribulation because in it's going to create so much hope it's going to burst so much hope in the world that it's not about me. It's about my kingdom. Oh, he's in the garden sweating big drops of sweat. Like Looks even like big drops of blood. Big drops of sweat profusely because what? He was going to his own tribulation. But he waited and he endured till the end and he obtain the inheritance he attained the crown of glory he attained everything is under his feet all authority has been given to him all virtue and honor and in him we can live and breathe and have our being in his kingdom is where our peace is not what the world might want to tell you not what the forecast says that after this oh i'm going to be happy till the next storm comes no no matter what storm comes i'm he has my back no matter what I face in tribulation, He will bring me through. He never said, you'll never have tribulation. He said, in tribulation, you will see God. You will find God. Look at those that were led out of Egypt. What did He do? In the time of need, He opened the Red Sea. See, He didn't just show them, hey, don't worry. Here's all the things I'm going to do when you, when you follow Moses. Look, there's going to be a Red Sea that opens. Oh, wow. Oh, and then there's going to be, yeah, and then I'm going to rain down meat right from heaven when you're hungry. And Oh, it's like, oh, yeah. We have all those promises in the Bible now. We haven't seen them actually in our, in our own life. See, then they actually saw them in their own life, and they still didn't believe God. How much more blessed are you that have not seen these things and still believe? Father, help us to be believers. And Lord, to know that you are working your kingdom in us, your trust in us, and trusting that you have us. No matter what tribulations we encounter, you're working patience in us. And there's nothing more valuable. So Father, I thank you. That's all I want in my life is to be patient, to wait on you, the Lord to lean not on my own understanding, to acknowledge you in all of my ways, that you continuously direct our paths, direct my paths every day, even when I don't hear you, God. We just keep doing what you told us to do. No matter what it looks like, no matter what we think, and no matter what lies we listen to, we just continue to do what you tell us to do. Just like Abraham didn't give up sowing seeds with his wife. He kept doing it. 
And he kept getting older and older and older. And he kept... That's why they said he had faith. Not because he was shit, shit, didn't have days of doubt in, in, the, in, in the walk. Not because, you know, he didn't hear the people murmuring at him and telling him he shouldn't do this. Or Look what's going to happen. You're wasting your time. Who do you think you are? Blah, 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 blah. No. He continued to, to do that which seemed to be a waste of time until he saw what was promised. And that's what real faith looks like. In Jesus' name, amen.